<laughs> All right, we're excited this morning. That's good. You guys hungry to learn? All right, so if we don't get a uh, Holy Spirit breakout like we did, I plan on actually getting some teaching done today if that's okay. So we're actually going to try to cram yesterday's uh, topic with today. So I just need you guys to really just uh, buckle up and uh, we're just going to go straight into this. Is that cool? All right. So I'm going to divide this class today in uh, two blocks. So first block, which is what I'm going to start teaching right now, it's going to be words of knowledge. So I'll get you um, uh, the what is a word of knowledge. We're going to go on the why is, a, why is it important for us to flow in words of knowledge and how we go into flowing and receiving words of knowledge, right? So that's first block. Second block is five-step healing model. There's this guy that's one of my heroes. His name is John Wimber. And uh, John Wimber developed this really practical uh, uh, model of how to pray for the sick. And I'm imagining that you guys will actually get out there to the nations, and you'll actually be in front of people that actually need healing. So it'll be super practical. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that you actually get to, to experiment, experiment a little bit over here. And then for sure you'll, you'll be able to take this to, uh, to your outreach. Is that cool? So uh, we're going to go first hour, words of knowledge. So if you can just uh, start taking notes with me, I'm going to go straight into this. And like I said before, I try to usually hit stuff or, or topics on like those three layers. What, why, and how. Is that cool? So let's go into what is a word of knowledge. And um, let me just open this thing up. What is a word of knowledge? Give me just a quick second. All right. Well, basically, if um, let's just get uh, some Bible base to this. So open up with me real quick to 1 Corinthians 12. 1 Corinthians 12. And then um, as we go, I'll, I'll open up for questions so we can actually start uh, uh, building on, on, uh, you know, on these truths here. So 1 Corinthians 12, verse 4 says this. Paul is talking to the church in Corinth, and he says, There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. All right. So now we're going to go into the list of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and if you want to, you can actually take notes. There are nine gifts. All right. So nine gifts. So he goes on to mention first one. For to one is given the word of wisdom. Say with me. Gift the word of wisdom. So that's number one. Through the Spirit to another, the word of knowledge. Say, gift, word of knowledge. And that's what we're going to be talking about, all right? Through the same Spirit to another, faith. So say with me, gift of faith. That's number three. By the same Spirit to another, gifts of healing. Say with me, gift of healing. We're going to be talking about that in our second block, so that's number five. By the same Spirit to another, the working of miracles. So the gift of miracles. Say, gift of miracles. That's what, number, what, six, right? All right. So what's the difference between healing? No, that's six. No? Word of wisdom, word of knowledge, faith, healing, 
That's right. Five. <laughs> gift of miracles. That's right. All right. So look, real quick, what's the difference between the gift of miracles and the gift of healing? All right. So gift of healing, specifically uh, when you're under infirmity or, or there's a sickness and there's a healing. Now, there's we, we go. Uh, the gift of miracles is a little bit broad. It could be any situation that you need a supernatural intervention. Does that make sense? It could be uh, it could be your finances. It could be I mean, it could be even like a, a demonic stronghold that breaks uh, uh, whatever it is that needs a supernatural intervention. That's a little bit broader. All right. Let's keep going. Number six is to another prophecy. So it's a gift of prophecy. That's number six. To another, the gift of discerning spirits. Uh, and that's uh, extremely important for you to understand. And, and let me just put a parenthesis real quick. So if you're taking notes, do this. Gift of discerning spirits. One of the things we need to always discern is uh, certain things will usually, uh, most things will usually come out of three sources. It's either from God. You got to kind of discern is this from God, is this from man, or is this from the devil? Okay, so usually you just kind of take that as like a, like a uh, how would I say this, like a structure of whatever you're facing out there, just like, all right, is this from God, is this from man, or is this from the devil, all right? And uh, not necessarily because it's from man, it's bad. It could it just be humanity. All right, let's keep going. Uh, diff, uh, to another discerning of spirits, to another... Different kinds of tongues. So the variety of tongues is gift number eight. And to another, the interpretation of tongues, that's number nine. Are we good with those nine gifts? All right, cool. Now let's jump into what is a word of knowledge. So uh, a lot of people get this mixed up with a prophetic word and a word of knowledge. So a a word of knowledge is dealing with um, uh, if there is a way that I could. All right, let me just say my... uh, um, definition, and then you can kind of, if you want to paraphrase it or if you want to just jot it down word by word, that's fine. It's a supernatural revelation slash information received or given to you by the Holy Spirit in regards to the past, and that's important, the past or the present situation or condition of somebody or something that you previously did not know. I'll say that again. It's a supernatural revelation given to you by the Holy Spirit about the past or the present of somebody or some some situation or any situation that you previously did not know. Okay? So let's say uh, it's got to be, so let's focus on the fact that it's got to be supernatural. So, if you receive a text, that's natural. Okay? So a word of knowledge is not, is not just any information. It's got to be a supernatural information coming to you through a supernatural way. Does that make sense? Through the Holy Spirit gives it to you about somebody's past or present or a certain situation that you previously did not know and that not a, a, a natural means of getting this information out to you. Does that make sense? Okay, cool. Now, that's basically our what. So I'm going to go super quick. So what is word of knowledge? That's, that's word of knowledge. Does anybody have questions in regards to that? Now, let me ask. Oh, yes. Let's go with questions. It, it, would you consider yourself a little bit familiarized with words of knowledge if you are a little bit? Okay. Okay. Just trying to get a, a feel for the group. All right. 
Why should we flow in words and knowledge? So that's number two. All right. Uh, so this is like uh, Roman number two. Why should we flow? I talked about the what. Now I want to talk about the why. Why should I flow in words of knowledge? Could I, could I just preach the gospel without words of knowledge? Yeah, you can. can. Can I just live my Christian life without words of knowledge? Yes, you can. But why should you? I mean, there's an advantage if you actually flow in words of knowledge. One is, you've you got to understand this, and this has got to be a solid truth whenever you're flowing in a, any gift of revelation, whether it be words of knowledge or, or, or you know, just even if you're growing in, in understanding visions and dreams, God never reveals if he does not want to redeem. So the Lord only reveals to redeem. So that's a solid truth. He's not going to reveal something to expose somebody. He's not going to reveal something to put shame on somebody. Does that make sense? So, so, so one thing that you got to understand, if the Lord revealed me this word of knowledge, and you might actually get certain information that's kind of, Man, this is, this is really tricky. I mean, what do I do with this? For instance, you're in a situation where you're praying for somebody and you get a word of knowledge that someone was abused as a child, molested. I mean, what do you do with that? You don't want to just throw it out there and, and, and bring shame. Does that make sense? You, you want to actually then kick in another gift of the Spirit, which is the word of wisdom. So how do you deal with wisdom with the information God's given you? So actually, all right, all right, so parentheses. If you look at all the gifts of the Spirit, they're all intertwined. One is uh, improved when you use the other one. And so it's kind of like you use one and then you use the other one. And, and, well, and we'll see some of this today because with words and knowledge, you will flow a lot more efficiently in, gift, in the gift of healing. Okay? All right. So one thing is why should I move in words of knowledge? Well, God only reveals if he wants to redeem. So if God wants to redeem things, he wants to reveal things. Number two, why should I flow in words of knowledge? Because uh, when there is a supernatural revelation or information about somebody. So for instance, you're walking into, uh, let's say, into a market. Why should I flow in words of knowledge? It'll just make your ministry more efficient. He, the person receiving ministry will have this uh, uh, understanding that is undeniable. I am known by God. This is true. This is supernatural. Something out of this world is happening, and it's happening with me. Whatever they're saying is the truth. Does that make sense? It just sets the stage for whatever you're going to say, whether it be uh, uh, praying for the sick, whether it be a prophetic word, whether it be this presentation of the salvation message. It's just their hearts are totally open. So that's number two. Well, another, another way or another reason why you should flow with words of knowledge. For instance, uh, uh, you're in a meeting, a church meeting, or we're here, and I have a word of knowledge about, and I say, oh, the Lord's going to start healing today. And I have a word of knowledge about somebody with a certain condition, and you have a condition as well. Whenever I get the word of knowledge for that somebody, and that somebody is healed, just the fact that the word of knowledge came to that somebody, your faith arose. It's just went to another level. Does that make sense? So words of knowledge will actually increase faith in the atmosphere. So when you start giving out words of knowledge, so one of the things that I would advise you to do is whenever you're in a meeting setting, before you start praying for the sick, give out all the words of knowledge, 
half people that are receiving the words of knowledge just stand up so that it, it would be publicly acknowledged. That, why, that way there is a public uh, arising of the faith. Does that make sense? So people are looking at it like somebody says, oh, there's somebody here with osteoporosis. I'm like, osteoporosis, what is that? And then this guy, what is I have that. It's like, oh, my gosh, he has that. Then somebody says, oh, there's somebody over here with kidney stones. And the, that person raises their hand. It's like, dude, there's something happening. Immediately your faith is like, oh, my gosh, something's going to happen. Something's going to happen. And when there's a lot of faith in the atmosphere, it's combustion. Does that make sense? So number three is, It'll increase faith in the atmosphere. All right, cool. So now we know the why. I got questions. For, I got a question. Does anybody, or, or actually I want to open up for questions. Does anybody have questions on the why? Or on the what? Yes, you. A lot of times I believe, well, I believe in the sovereignty of God. Uh, personally, I'm not like a full-on Calvinist, but I do believe on the, on the sovereignty of God. And I also believe that the Lord has his timing, his perfect timing. So a lot of people might be, this is how I see it when people are not, not healed. And I've asked that question a lot of times. And I kind of sensed along my ministry that whenever I pray for people, somebody who's not healed, even after I have a word of knowledge, at least the word of knowledge keeps their hopes up for whenever God is actually going to heal them. It, it would be better for them to actually have at least a word of knowledge that, Lord, you still know I exist. You still understand my situation than not have any healing at all and no word knowledge at all. Does that make sense? Okay, cool. You. To redirect what I'm praying. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, this is an awesome question. Because actually, I'll start hitting that uh, right now. Because I was planning on hit that later. But, uh, for instance, you're praying for somebody and you see that there is a bondage of pornography. You don't want to be like, man, you're full of lust. Right? I mean, that, that'll bring shame. So what you'll do is, I just declare the holiness of the Lord over you. I just call, and just call them into their destiny. And just say, man, I just, I just see the, the, the blood of Jesus coming and just washing you. And you're white as snow. And you're called for holiness. And you're actually clothed in righteousness. So you're just a holy priesthood. And I call that out. And I just honor you for that. You're actually calling them in, calling out the gold in them. Does that make sense? You speak the opposite. Exactly. You, you, you speak in a redemptive way. Okay. You. Okay. Three reasons why you should flow in words of knowledge. One. Because God always reveals to redeem. Number two, because it'll be an undeniable proof that God exists and knows the person and is doing something supernatural at that moment. And number three, it will rise the atmosphere of faith to a whole next level. All right, cool. You. Um, if you, she's, she, what's your name? Ashley. So Ashley asked, if you have a word and you give it out to somebody and it's wrong, is that what's your question? Does it mean that you heard the Lord wrong? Is that, is that the question? Does that mean it's not from God? Does it mean it's not from God? No, it doesn't. Uh, I believe that uh, we're going to grow in this gift and you're not going to get it all right. And I definitely don't get my words of knowledge all right. But uh, a lot of times I'm just learning how to hear the Lord. And uh, I mean, <laughs> straight off the bat... <laughs> Straight off the bat, let me just say this. You won't, you won't get all your words of knowledge right, and that's fine. It's, it's uh, words of knowledge like any other gifts. Uh, think about it like a spiritual muscle. You need to, ha you need to exercise it. And so uh, the more you exercise it, the more familiarized you'll be with it, and uh, you actually will grow in accuracy. And so, for instance, 
in the beginning, you might want to do something like a little bit more general. Like, uh, I, is, I feel from God that there's somebody here with a headache. That's pretty general. Does that make sense? And then once you start getting really comfortable with that and you see, start seeing good results, then you might want to go a little bit uh, uh, more specific. Like, um, I, I believe there's somebody here in the first three rows with migraine and I feel the Lord wants to heal you today. Does that make sense? Or you could then go a little bit more specific, say, uh, I, I get a name, Ashley, and are you from uh, this state? And you start asking God. So, so one, one of the things, too, that I'm going to go into on the how is when you get a word of knowledge from the Lord, don't, uh, that's an invitation for you to dialogue with the Lord. Say, Lord, what else? What does this mean? Oh, there's, a, uh, there's somebody here. Is this somebody, a girl or a guy? Does that make sense? So you start to go into the specifics, trying to get more specifics with the Lord. So I would say um, we won't get everything right. You won't get it all right, but you will definitely grow and you'll learn trial and error and you'll start growing and developing that spiritual muscle. All right, any more questions? You. You might have it as you open up your mouth, you will start seeing things coming out that you're like, where's this coming from? It's the Holy Spirit putting it in your mouth. And sometimes you actually have it, and you have all the information, or you might have partial information, and when you're faithful with little, he'll promote you to much, and he'll give you the rest of the information as you're stepping out. Does that make sense? Okay, cool. More? Yeah, you. Uh, I've always heard of word of knowledge being something that encourages and uplifts and edifies. Is there any instance in which the word of knowledge will actually bring judgment, correction, and alignment? Right? Basically, that's what you said. And so I said yes but I would say stay away from judgment, correction, and alignment for now because there's a difference between you being prophetic in characteristic, which means all of us are prophetic people. We're a prophetic generation. We want to flow in the prophetic. We want to flow in the supernatural. That's a characteristic. That's, difference. There's, that's different from you actually holding the office of a prophet, right? And so, for, for instance, myself, I pastor a church. When I when I when I trust my pulpit to somebody who's the office of a prophet, I'm actually open. If he wants to bring alignment, I'll tell him, man, I recognize you as, as a prophet, the office of a prophet. If you want to bring alignment correction to anything in our community, you, you have freedom to do that. I trust you with that. Now, if it's somebody that just flows in the prophetic, I would say it, it's not a good thing for him to step that boundary. Does that make sense? And, and people might say, and we use the word lightly, oh, I'm a prophet. Uh, and, and I'll tell you, you know, Peter Wagner would say, uh, and if you don't know who Peter Wagner is, he's a theologian and a lot of like renewal theology. He's one of those guys that were like the key theologians for this. He, he would say a true office of a prophet, prophet, would actually uh, uh, spend 30 to 40 years in the making. And this guy goes usually through wildernesses. You, 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 t- you think about prophets like John the Baptist, you know, uh, Elijah. I mean, these guys did not have, like, a, a glamorous lifestyle. I mean, these guys were persecuted. These guys lived in the wilderness. These guys weren't, uh, uh, you know, comprehended. Uh, so I would say it's not as glamorous as we think. Being prof- I would say, like, for myself, I'm not a prophet, but uh, I- I'm prophetic. And I-, I would say, like, you're growing in your prophetic giftings as well. But, I mean, I- I- it's very rare for you to find a-, a real, real deal prophet. But when they come, I would be open to any correction or alignment. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, if you get a word, I, well, every, all right, guys, so, so write what I'm going to say. 
any prophetic word you get, any, any words you get, you got to judge it. All right, you got to test it out. First thing is, is it biblically based? So that's why you need to know your Bible. So you don't start believing stuff that's not in the Bible, right? Does this align with the character of God? And number three, does this sit well in my spirit? Do I have, uh, do I have peace? Does that make sense? So I usually judge the words on, on these three layers. First thing is, 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 is this biblically based? Does this align with the, with the character and the nature of God? And number three, does this sit well in my spirit? All right. And if not, I'll, I'll put it aside or put it to the shelf. Okay. Another question. Yeah, you. Uh, I would say, number one. Uh, all right. I'll give you, I'll give you, um, I'll give you guys this tip, which is actually not very spiritual, but very practical. Right? Um, I'll tell you what. The best leaders are the most self-aware. So if you lack self-awareness, it's going to, you could be extremely gifted, but if you lack self-awareness, uh, I mean, it, it just kinda, it's just going to play against you all the time. So just be self-aware of who you are, where you are, your environment. Uh, have common sense of, of what the setting is. It's one thing for you to give a word of knowledge in an airport or in a public place, let's say a, a mall or, or a, uh, a marketplace. Uh, it's a whole different thing for you to do it inside a, a small group, whole different thing for you to do it inside a church service. Uh, does that make sense? So just kind of be like, all right, is, is this appropriate for me? It, it's, there's not a like black and white rule. I would just say be self-aware and use wisdom. Oh, that's my advice. Awesome. Anybody else? Okay, we're going to go into the how you get words of knowledge, all right? So this part is, is I'm going to talk about how you receive it and how you give it out, you, how you deliver, all right? There's uh, 10 ways to receive words of knowledge. So if you're taking notes, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. First one is feeling, feeling. So first way that you get words of knowledge is when you feel. And a lot of times, somebody actually over there said, is a, a pain, can a pain be a word of knowledge? Yes. So for instance, you never had an issue with your left knee. Now, if you had an issue with your left knee, uh, let's say you had surgery there before, it's different. But if you never had an issue with your left knee and you walk into a meeting and immediately you start feeling pain in your left knee, it's not like a random pain. It's probably a word of knowledge. It's probably the Lord saying, listen, Somebody is going through this pain in their left knee. If you call it out, I'll come forth and I'll heal that person. Does that make sense? You're talking to somebody and you start feeling like uh, difficulty breathing. Maybe that's what's happening with their lung condition. So feeling, right? So one, one way that you receive words of knowledge is feeling. A lot of times when I, uh, there, there's this thing that I, I, I get uh, in my uh, job that I feel like, uh, like tight in pain. And usually when I have that, I call it out. There's somebody that has uh, uh, the condition. Uh, something's wrong with their jaw. It kind of comes out. So is that, that you? What? Oh, she just sneezed. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought she said, oh, that's me. Okay, no. <laughs> Amen. Lord, we pray right now that you would finish and, and do it completely. Touch these jaws right now. We declare complete healing. We say, he who began a good work in you 
shall be faithful to complete it. Amen. Now, if you're standing up, open your jaw. Test it out. If it used to click, it won't click anymore. If there was pain, we believe there's no pain anymore. Test it out. If you feel 80% to 100% healed, I just want you to just raise your hand. Acknowledge that. Amen. 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 Awesome. Praise God. Praise God. Let's keep going with class. All right. Praise Jesus. Third way, or second way you get a word of knowledge, praise God. Yeah, you. So is, is what you're saying is a physical, are you feeling it physically? Okay, so it's easier when you feel it physically because what, the question is, uh, sometimes she wakes up during the day and she'll feel something in her body and it's hard for her to discern if that's a word of knowledge or if that's spiritual oppression. Is that, that's the right. Okay, so the way that you can discern it is, uh, one is, do I have peace? Because you might even have a sense of like, let's say, a pain in your, left, your right shoulder, but your spirit is at peace. And then it's a sign that that is coming from God as a word of knowledge. Now, if that takes away your peace, then you rebuke that in the name of Jesus. Yeah. Right? Now, another thing that I would say is, uh, if it's hard for you to understand if you have peace or not, you would say, Lord, this is what I, I say, I tell the Lord, Lord, I got it. I'll write this down and I'll keep my eye out for somebody who has a rough time with their right shoulder and I'll pray for them. Could you please remove this from me right now? And if it does not remove, I bind it in the name of Jesus. Does that make sense? Okay, cool. Let's keep going. Number two is... Well, number one was feeling. Number two is seeing. So you will start seeing things. Uh, you will see an image. Now, remember when I shared about uh, how, I, uh, how, how the Lord took us at Dunamis to actually acquire the, the farm? Remember? And, and I would be praying, and then I would, just, I, was just, I would just see, like, a house, or I would just see this, uh, 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 this property. And, I, and, and somebody would ask, how did you see it? Is it kind of like a movie? You know, there's people that will have those kinds of visions, but it, can, it may not be like that. It'll just be like this imagination. Does that make sense? So you will see um, images. You might see numbers. You might see um, that person or, or a part of the body. Like, let's say you'll see the, the lungs. Out of the blue, it's like, this is random. I haven't been thinking about lungs i just saw these lungs in my mind it just went a flash i saw lungs lord speaking to you it's a word of knowledge you might see that person you're praying or talking to somebody and as you're talking and having a conversation you might not even be in in a position to pray for them you're just maybe you know talking to somebody uh i don't know like at the beach and suddenly you see that person crying as a baby in a corner you're like, oh, that's a word of knowledge of something. It could be like a, in her childhood she was oppressed or abused. Does that make sense? So you'll see things. It'll be flashes. The more random it is, the more, the more chances it is from the Lord. 
like out of the blue, I'm like, what the? It's like, yeah, that's probably the Lord because you didn't fabricate, you didn't fabricate that, that vision. Does that make sense? All right, so write this down. Three types of vision. Three types of vision. There's the open vision. Remember uh, 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 Peter on the roof of uh, Simon the Tanner in Acts? He's sitting there. He's about to, he's hungry. They're about to have lunch and, or, or dinner. And then he goes into this trance. The word of God says trance or an open vision. And he sees a, a, a sheet and filthy animals coming down. And the Lord tell, tell, tells him, don't call filthy what I've sanctified. Remember that? That's an open vision. People will have open visions. What, what are open visions? It's like when you see an angel or you see something just like you see me and I'm seeing you. They're open vision. Like we see that speaker right there, these, these keyboards, open vision. Does that make sense? So one is open vision. You can see it with your, open, with your eyes open. And it's basically the spiritual world interacting with the natural world. Does that make sense? All right. Number two is closed vision. Closed vision. And closed vision is, is what I kind of described as I was in prayer and I saw this, this cabin and I'm like, man, this is, this is a cool cabin. And I walked into the farm and I saw the same cabin. I saw a closed vision. How do you see a closed vision? It's like that imagination. All right. So close your eyes right now. Right now, close your eyes. Where are you at? Close your eyes. Don't, don't take notes. Just close your eyes. What is a closed vision? If I tell you right now, picture a pink elephant. Imagine a pink elephant. Are you seeing the pink elephant? All right, open your eyes. That was a closed vision. So as you're praying and these images come, boom, these are, oh, these are closed visions. Does that make sense? So sometimes you'll hear some prophetic people saying, oh, I had a vision. And you're thinking, bro, I mean, this guy is having like crazy visions. Gabriel's visiting his dorm room every single night or whatever. A lot of times are just closed visions, and they're very frequent. If you just keep paying attention in your prayer life, Lord's giving you visions. All right. Now, there's another kind of vision, which is a vision within a vision. Yeah, man, that's crazy. <laughs> a vision within a vision. Remember Ezekiel? Ezekiel was having a, a vision, and within that vision, he's taken to the valley of dry bones. So there's actually moments, and you have a supernatural experience with the Lord, that within that experience, or within that trance, he'll show you a vision. Okay? And those are a little bit rare, but they happen. And I know a lot of people have had, had that before. All right, cool. Uh, so number two is seen. Number three... We're going to jump on to number three. It's hearing. Man, our time. Hearing. <laughs> you can actually hear the word of God or the voice of the Lord audible or within you like very clear. So as you're talking to somebody, you'll hear like it's like a whisper. It's like, whoa, I just heard something. The Lord can speak to you and give you words of knowledge that way as well. Or in here, it's kind of like it's not like you sense in it. It's not like you get an impression. It's actually you hear it, like, within you. Does that make sense? Okay, cool. Number four, dreaming. You will have a dream, and I, and I think that's not hard to describe. A dream is a dream, 
and you'll wake up, and uh, this is what I, this is kind of like, uh, I don't have a biblical base for this, but this is what I've seen as a pattern with, especially with, with myself and my prophetic friends, is the dream that sticks with you is usually a God dream. The dream that by the time that you're done with your shower, you forget what you dreamt, it's, you know, it's a natural dream. But that dream that you just can't shake it off, that's a God dream. Does that make sense? Okay. So remember I, I, I uh, spoke on repentance yesterday? You guys remember that? Yeah. So I spoke on repentance, and I, I started talking about metanoia. Remember that? All right. So this morning, I wake up, I get a text from my buddy from uh, Canada. And uh, that's right, Canada. And uh, my friend, he's, he's a prophet. This guy's a prophet. And he, he, he gives me a, he texts me an audio uh, note. And so I'm listening to him. And he says, I just had a dream with you. And I had this dream that the Lord is saying, Mark 1-4 over T. Mark 1-4 over T. And then I'm like, Mark 1-4. And I go to the word. It talks about John the Baptist preaching repentance. And he says, I believe you're going into a season that you're going to speak on repentance. And you're going to be speaking on metanoia and the renewing of the mind. And that is crucial for what your movement is doing and what God's doing in your church and your ministry. That's from the Lord. Does that make sense? Okay, so that's like, like he had a dream. He's like, I can't shake it off. It was clear as day. I heard it Mark 1, 4. So if you, a lot of times God will give you dreams and it'll be scriptures. It'll be, it'll be references. And he's speaking to you through those. All right. Number five, experimenting. All right, so what does that mean? You experiment something. You get close to somebody and out of the blue, you start getting depressed. I don't know if that happened to you before. Or you start feeling like anguish. And it's not that there's something wrong with you. It's that the Lord is saying, this is the word of knowledge for that person. Maybe that person is actually living that, that, that feeling, which you're experimenting. You know, that's, maybe that's their life. The Lord's like trying to show you a little bit of what's happening in their life so you could actually have compassion and out of compassion minister to them. Does that make sense, guys? Experimenting, number five. Number six. Reading, reading. There's times where I've been talking to somebody and I'll read something above their heads or on their forehead or on their T-shirt. You'll, you'll see a number, you'll see a reference. Uh, uh, there's a, uh, you know, you'll, you'll, start, you'll start seeing a, a word or like a, you're talking to somebody and you'll see like, um, uh, what do we call those uh, in, in the newspaper? Headlines. Does that make sense? You'll see it, and then it'll be like, what? And it's not there. The Lord just spoke to you. So, and, and just be open to it. It'll become natural. Don't like, oh, I need to, I need to hear from the Lord, or I need to see it. Just, just, just flow. It'll happen. When it, when it does happen, just act on that. Okay? So reading. Number eight. Seven. Seven. My man over there asked the... Uh, is it a word of knowledge when I know it or when I speak it out? Number seven is speaking. Sometimes you'll start speaking, you'll open your mouth, and suddenly things are coming out of your mouth. You're like, what is happening here? It's the Lord using your mouth already. Right? So you'll set, you'll, that, that happens. That's number seven. Holy Spirit will talk through us. He'll simply put words in our mouths without us knowing or without us uh, 
going through the process of rationalizing them. Number eight. Number eight. Taste and smell. Taste and smell. So there are times like uh, I, I remember like walking into a meeting once and I started smelling this like smell of like uh, wine. Like super like strong. It just got, started getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And during worship, I'm like, man, who's, got, who's drinking wine? I'm thinking, this is kind of messed up, man. They're drinking during worship. But it was just like this super strong smell of wine, right? And then finally, I'm like, duh, you got to ask the Lord, what's this? And I asked the Lord, Holy Spirit, what is this? And the Lord's saying, I'm getting ready to pour out my new wine over this church. It was the wine of joy. I couldn't preach. That, that day, I didn't preach. I opened up the word. I started reading the scripture. This lady started laughing over there. That other guy started laughing. Over there. It's like anointing of joy came in. Everybody was drunk in the spirit for two hours. And the Lord said, I told you. That was the wine. Does that make sense? Uh, uh, so another thing, one of my friends, one of my friends uh, I was talking about, uh, he was actually uh, about to, oh, so, so this, is, this is actually has happened before. Um, th- uh, these guys were actually trying to go buy property for their um, church. And they were walking into this warehouse to check it out to see if, that, if they were actually going to buy that property for their church. And they started sensing, uh, um, tasting honey in their, in their mouths. And it was weird. They're like, honey, honey. And then one of them was prophetic and they connected. He's like, you know what? This is the land of milk and honey. This is our promised land. And they stepped out in faith. God provided for them supernaturally. They actually got that property, and, and they were able to build the ministry there. So the Lord will speak to you even through uh, smell and taste. Does that make sense? Cool. Number nine. Number nine. Impression. Impression. All right. Impression is Impression is that... That place where you get with the Lord before you actually step out in faith and you're like, I don't know how to explain it, but I just know. You know what I'm talking about? That's the impression. That's number nine. So how does he give you the word knowledge? I don't know how to explain it, but I just know you went through this as a child. I don't know how to explain it, but I just know that something's up with your body. You should probably get this thing checked up in the doctor. I don't know how to explain it. I don't even know how to tell you. But it's kind of weird, but this is what I know. Impression. And number 10 is the best one. Other. (laughs) So, anyway. (laughs) Thanks, man. Uh, So, any way, any other way that you sense from the Lord, it could be that. So, just don't box them into those nine. Good? So just, all right. On how you receive it, any questions before we go to how do we deliver them? All right, my man back there. Experimenting. Okay. Uh, I would say uh, experimenting could be a lot more like uh, uh, the emotions. And so once you get close to somebody, you might feel like super down or sad. And you're like, man, I didn't wake up like this to this morning. I don't know why I'm feeling this. Or you could actually start feeling like this rage or bitterness. And you're like, that, that's not part of me. And you know it's not something that's part of you. It's actually the Lord trying to give you a glimpse into what that person is living. So you can actually have compassion and actually flow out of compassion in ministry. Does that make sense? Okay, cool. You here? 
Uh, I would say seeing could be, it could, but I'm just trying to be a little bit more specific. So seeing would be like a vision. Let's say uh, an image. You could see an image, a, uh, let's say like, like I use an example, like a heart or a lung. It could look just like out of the blue, an image. Uh, I would say the reading would actually, you asked about the reading, right? Yeah. yeah. The reading would actually be like uh, uh, numbers or a phrase or uh, I'll, I'll give you an example. Um, so I was out in L.A. Uh, visiting with some friends. And this guy is, he's a, a Sean Boats. He's a prophet, right? And so Sean said, Sean and, and uh, this other guy called Jeremy, they said, bro, you got to meet our other friend who's, who's, he's a legit prophet. So he's going to come out here and he's going to have dinner with us. So we scheduled to meet at this restaurant. We were at this restaurant and his friend was coming. His friend's name is Jason. So when Jason walked in, right, he sat in front of me and he said, 1111, that's your number. And I had been seeing 1111 all through like the last five, five months, four months, all over the place. Like I would, I would look, I would be in traffic and the license plate of the car in front of me would be 1111. I would be uh, 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 out of the blue, just look at my watch. I would look at 1111 like five days in a row without planning, consciously. It was like the Lord gave me, I would go to a, a on a flight, they give me uh, seat number 11A. I would check in a hotel on the 11th floor. It's crazy things like that. This guy, and I said, how do you know? He says, I read it over your head, 1111. So, you, so did he see it? Yeah, he saw it, but he read it. So that would be the difference. Yeah, uh, and they'll, they'll work very close. The, basically, very, uh, very few differences, and one of them being past, present, versus future. And so I got a word of knowledge and uh, which could actually, actually, it's, it's right. It would be more of a, a prophetic word. But the same way that that came for what God would do in the future in that service, it could be, if it would have just switched to what he's done in the past, it would be a word of knowledge. The same thing. Actually, you know what, guys? These nine or ten ways that you receive words of knowledge could also be uh, ten ways that you receive prophetic words as well. I ask God what they mean. And if I don't really get it, I just say, listen, I'll submit this to you, and maybe you want to take this to the Lord. This is what I saw. And I try to be as accurate as possible, not trying to include my opinion or my interpretation in it. I want to be just like, this is what it is. Boom. How do you uh, discern if it's like, or um, is it always from God, or are you sometimes just like picking up on things like spiritually? And then if, if it is that, how do you discern if it's from the it would be similar to what our sister there said. Cat, right? Yeah. Um, she said uh, something about, I wake up, and I don't know if this is a spiritual attack or if this is a word of knowledge. Same thing, I would say, like, if, if you, you start getting that, uh, you, you want to discern wh where's the source. Is it God, man, or the devil? And then um, once I kind of get an idea of that, I would act on it, uh, whether it be binding it or, or you know, breaking it. Or just going forth. And a lot of times, uh, if they won't, what, I won't say a lot of times, but there are a few times where uh, what you're going to experience is not going to be good. And it, a lot of it is because that is what it takes sometimes for us to have compassion. So let me just say this, guys. As you guys are going to go out to, to pray for the sick, don't pray for the sick to have, like, you know, just to have another testimony. Don't pray for the sick just because you want, you want to have, like, 
another healing in your trophy case. Does that make sense? Make sure you have compassion. Make sure you have love. You know, so it's like, this is, this is what I love about Paul because uh, the guy is so strategic. He goes, 1 Corinthians 12, he goes through all the gifts, and then you know what happens in 1 Corinthians 13, right? He's, it's, it's the chapter of love. And basically what he's saying is, listen, man, these gifts are amazing. They're efficient tools. It's, I mean, this thing is going to help you guys build the kingdom and, and build the church, but without love. Does that make sense? So you want to check your heart. And, and, and I'll be the first one to admit that, you know, there's a lot of times that I've actually prayed for people to get healed that I didn't have compassion. It was like, man, I want to just collect another testimony. And, and, uh, and I have to always check my heart. It's like, why am I witnessing to somebody just to say I got so and so many people saved? Or is it because I actually feel the burden of the Lord for that person? And, and uh, well, you know, if by all means, yeah, do witness and pray for people, but just make sure your heart's in the right place. asked a very important question how do you know that what you're getting is not coming from you is actually coming from God and not coming from your conscience uh, I would say uh, there's no way that you could actually uh, you know have a rule that's a black and white on that and it's a hundred percent proof that's from God you'll struggle with that actually I still struggle with that and I know people that have been walking the prophetic for a long time they'll struggle with that as well but you'll struggle less as you go and as you develop yourself and as you exercise that spiritual muscle and uh, one of the things that I, I, I find, like, like I mentioned, whenever it comes randomly and not through a, a common rationale process, uh, I, I usually go with that. Because I know it's like it's not something that I fabricated. It's, it's full on like this is Lord Spirit just dropped it in me. Okay, guys, now we're going to talk about on how you delivered that. Is that cool? How do you flow... Uh, in words of knowledge, I'll give you four points here. Real quick. Number one, resist the thought that what you just received from God is not important. Remember that whatever may feel like basic and small for you may be something huge and an answer to prayer for somebody else. So resist that thinking, ah, oh, this is just way small, this is so basic, so simple. It might feel that way, but believe me, it could be like the biggest answer to prayer to somebody else. So just be faithful. Deliver that. All right? So resist the feeling or the thought that it's just not important. Number two, develop. Make it your lifestyle. Make it your culture. Walking out in faith and risk. So just, you know, I'll tell you. When we started Dunamis back in uh, 08, I knew we had to create a, a supernatural uh, um, culture. And one of the things we did, sometimes, like, I did it for myself. I, I would tell myself, when I would wake up every morning, I said, I will not put my, ba my, my, my head back to sleep until I've, I've delivered five accurate words of knowledge throughout the day. There were times that I was 1 a.m. going to this Walmart or the supermarket there finding somebody to actually give words of knowledge so I can go home and sleep, to be faithful to what I've said. And I would put that on my whole team, like everybody, and we would tally th these things up because it was an exercise to, to, to get us into a supernatural culture. Does that make sense? Sometimes you could actually put these challenges on yourself. I'm like, Lord, I want to do it out of love, out of, out of, uh, you know, out of obedience, but that doesn't mean that you, don't, you can't be objective. 
You can be objective. You can be like, today, today, five words of knowledge, 10 words of knowledge. That during this outreach, 20 words of knowledge. And just go for it. The Lord's going to honor you. Does that make sense? So develop a lifestyle of faith and risk, number two. Number three is do not be arrogant when you give out the word. And also, don't have false humility. Just be honest, sincere, and loving when you give out the word. So don't be like, hey, the Lord showed me this about your life. No, no, no. Be, be, just be humble, sincere, loving. Say it how it is. Don't put your opinions in it. Don't put your interpretation in it. Holy Spirit will bring the interpretation to that person. Just give it as it is. Good? And don't be ashamed of if the only thing you say is, I saw a dog. Just do that. It could be a huge answer to prayer to that, some, that, some, so, so, that somebody. Does that make sense? All right. Number four, whenever you get a word of knowledge, don't just get the word of knowledge and deliver it right away. Go into that dialogue that I was talking to somebody here. Go into that dialogue saying, Lord, I got this. Can you, re- can you give me more? Can you reveal to me more? Go into a dialogue. And Lord, what else? Does that make sense? Okay. How much time we got? All right, cool. Let me, let me do this then uh, before we transition to, to five-step healing, which I don't know if we're going to have time, but we'll do our best. Yeah, you got a question? Yeah. Thank you. Um, I, would, I would actually start using the language I feel to be safer and not say God said that. Because when you say God says this, it just kind of brings a lot more weight than it actually should be. And that weight could actually bind people into thinking, if God said that, if I don't do that, even if I don't have peace, even if it's not biblical, even if it does not align with the nature of God, I'm in disobedience, which is not true. Does that make sense? So I would say, listen, man, as I was praying this morning, I felt the Lord say this, which, say, which actually, in your language, you're actually coming out of a, a humility standpoint saying, I could be wrong. I felt the Lord say this. You're actually taking the responsibility if the word is not accurate and not saying, God said that, and if God doesn't do it, it's between you and God and whatever. Does that make sense? So the language is very important. Thank you for reminding me of that. Yes. That's kind of how you are, you said? Your personality is like that? Okay. Well, my personality is kind of like that, too. I'm like, this is, I got to get to that and do that. Um, It'll be something that you're going to have to shift your whole lifestyle. And you're going to have to be like, Lord, I'm going to do that. I want to be very efficient. I want to be objective. But, Lord, you're always free to interrupt me. And in in the process that I'm focused going after my goal, I want to also be open and be like, you're free to come in. And I want to be sensible or, or sensitive to that and stop and and stop for that one or stop to give that word and not be in such a hurry yep i would go into those three points that i said when you wake up if it sticks with you even if it sticks with you and it doesn't you should still uh, test it out is is this biblical what happened in this dream uh is this aligned with the nature and the character of god and does it sit well in my spirit? Do I have peace about this? And depending on how you see that, you either reject that or you ask for 
or you embrace it, or if you don't have clarity, you ask for more information. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, yeah, just where's the line of, of uh, how, do you, how do you get over the mindset of failing and like how do you recover from that? Um, and then also like how do you draw the line of staying persistent with the word of wisdom? Okay, so just like a prophetic word or word of knowledge, I would use the same three points to discern the word of wisdom. That would be like a, uh, an, uh, when somebody gives you a word of wisdom. A word of knowledge. Okay, I do the same theory. So I would go, is this biblical? Is this in line with the nature and character of God? Does it sit, sit well in my spirit? And before I act on that. So I wouldn't be in too much of a hurry because then after you're in a hurry, you act on that, then you got to clean it up. Does that make sense? So I feel like a lot of times we, we actually are cleaning up messes that if we actually ask the Lord, is this, is this uh, biblical? Is this in line with your character, Lord? And do I have peace about this? It actually saves you some headache. Does that make sense? make sense? Okay, cool. All right. Like interpreting a word, not interpreting it. Like I agree with that, but it seems like a lot of people interpret words they get. Could you like just explain not interpreting? N not interpreting? The like not interpreting a word. Like somebody will say like... Oh, when oh, you get it before you... Yeah, I hear a lot like, oh, I got this, and it means this and this and this. Kind okay, of cool, 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 cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would say, uh, so you want me to explain what it is? Like not interpreting a word. Okay, all right. So let me... Uh, yeah. Um, I would say when you get... so so. There's certain steps. So the first step is when you receive the download, right? Once you receive the download, um, you have the information, then you're going to have to understand how do I communicate this information. And this is where it gets sticky because you want to communicate the information in a very efficient and practical way and a very biblical way. So like I said, you're not just going to get an information that somebody is uh, – Looking at pornography and say, all right, I, I, I feel from the Lord that you're in lust. That's not good. So you want to communicate it right. So as you communicate it right, you want to be redemptive on how you communicate it. But then there's a very fine line between when you communicate it and when you're adding your interpretation to that. And I would say is you have to be very, uh, pay very attention, close attention, and just be very uh, uh, honest to not allow, all right, I want to be able to stop here in terms of bringing the correct communication that is redemptive and that is loving and that is edifying. But then I don't want to keep going and start adding my own opinions and my interpretation and saying, and because you're clothed in righteousness and holiness, I feel the Lord is actually taking you to minister. Now, that's something that the Lord didn't even didn't show you. You can stop and say, this is the word that I got from the Lord. Stop. Now, let me tell you what I think, and you can take it as however you want to. This is not something that I got from the Lord. This is what I think. This is, what, this is my opinion. What I got from the Lord is this. Now I'm going to give you, if you allow me, my advice. And so how she gets it is two different things. And she'll give some weight to this that comes from the Lord, that you were faithful to communicate right, and then she'll weigh it out or if she doesn't want to she can totally uh, discard whatever you said as your opinion does that make sense yeah. okay cool I just kind of had something to add on to that um I can't remember who it was but it was a 
I want to say Bobby Connor, but I really don't know. Um, got a word for a girl sitting next to him, and God didn't expand on it at all, and um, didn't really need to because it wasn't any of his business. Um, he, the word that he got was to tell this girl that God hates mommies and daddies, and so he was like, "I can't say that, God. Like, I'm not going to say that to this to this girl. Like, that's not okay." And so finally, like, after God just kept pressuring him to say this, like, and wouldn't expand on it, like, he said it to this girl, and she just broke down sobbing because her parents, like, had molested her as a kid and called it mommies and daddies. And, like, so sometimes the Lord told you to say, and he doesn't want to expand on it because it's really personal to that person, or, you know, they'll get it. You may not get it, but they will. True. Totally. Totally agree with that. That's awesome. All right, um, any more questions? Over there. Go ahead. Yep. I've just seen a lot of times like people like kind of hide behind weirdness. So they go like, I see three unicorns, but you figure out what that means. Or like, I see two trees. That's what the Lord said, you figure out what that means. And I kind of like, I don't, I don't really know how we find that in-between place where we say, well, I don't know what that means, but I know I have permission from God to ask if He shows me something, does He want to give Him more thing, or am I just resting in my comfort? You kind of, yeah. Is that a question? Yeah, yeah, so how do we kind of like... I'm sorry, man, I was trying to figure out what we're going to do here with Jeff. Um, I feel like you're allowed to say that if you went through the process of asking the Lord. So if, if you, so what he's saying is, he's, he's saying, we want to be faithful given whatever we get from the Lord without adding stuff. Uh, but at the same time, if you're like super like dry, like I saw two trees. What does that mean? I don't know. Figure it out. That could be a prideful attitude. That's what he's saying. And it's true. And I said, we, we want to be faithful in giving out the information we got from the Lord. But I believe that once you give that out without interpretation, you have the right to do that in a way. I kind of feel like if you went through the process of like, Lord, I saw two trees. What else, God? What does this mean? Or is there any other information that I not just be very, you know, just light with whatever, whatever. It's kind of like you went through your process with the Lord. And listen, man, I asked the Lord. And this is all he gave me. And I'm trusting that if he didn't show me, he's going to show you. All right. Cool. You. Man, that's just life. You just tell them that's just life, man. We, 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 we take steps of faith. We get disappointed. We keep going. And, and um, we just, in the midst of it all, you just got to believe God is still good. God's got this. And that there's a bigger picture that we don't see. And, uh, yeah, I would encourage him in that way. All right. So, all right, guys. So we're going to try to do the five-step healing model. And... Uh, I'm going to, I'll tell you what, I'm going to try to do it super quick, and then we go into exercise, and then, all right, cool. All right, so you guys, we, we won't take breaks. We're going to go super quick, five-step healing model. So this is, are you guys comfortable with how we flow in words of knowledge? Is this good? Okay, cool. Let's keep going. Now we're going to transition to five-step healing model. So obviously there's five steps. <laughs> yep. Step number one, you want to interview the person, right? So. Let's say 
this could be inside a church setting. This could be out in the public, in the street, out in the streets. Could be uh, out in a supermarket. It could be out in the airport. Uh, I don't know, train station. You want to interview that person. You want to, um, and the whole idea behind the interview is, I want to get as much information as possible with the least amount of questions asked. Okay? So don't ask, are you feeling this? Yes. Is that okay? No. D- don't, don't ask uh, closed-ended questions. Ask open-ended questions. All right? So you, you're going to ask, if, if, let's say if you saw somebody limping towards a train platform, you're going to get on that train, you look at the clock, there's five minutes till you get on the train, you're thinking, man, I could actually pray for this person in five minutes. You're going to get into that, but get, get close to him or to her. Always. All right, so, so before we go, not every, before we keep going, write this thing before everything. Not everybody is going to get healed. Not everybody is going to get healed. But everybody is going to be loved. All right? Not everybody's going to get healed. But everybody's going to be loved. So even as you do your interview, step one, make sure that they know that you actually care for them. You know, I don't know if you've ever been into a doctor's appointment where you don't feel like the doctor really cares for you. He's just asking questions. He's like, "Uh, let's get it over with this thing. I got another patient coming in. It's not fun. He might even give you the right answers. He might actually diagnose you with the right medicine. But you don't feel cared for. You don't want that. You actually want that person to feel loved. So you get to that person and you say, uh, what's your name? Levi. Levi. Can I use you as an example? It'll be just easier. So you play football? I do. Okay. So let's say you had a, a sports injury and you have uh, something wrong with your knee. Okay. So he's limping and he's about to get on this plane or, or on this train. And I come in. I'm like, I'm going to do step one, which is the interview. I'm like, Hey, man, how you doing? Good. Good. Leave, what's your name? Levi. Levi. Oh, cool name. I mean, that's a biblical name. Are, are you a Christian? I am. Oh, that's awesome, Levi. I, I couldn't help but n- notice you were limping on your, uh, uh, on your leg here. What happened? I blew it out playing football. Playing football. It was this like a, a by yourself or was this like a, a collision? A uh, collision. Uh, was, was it illegal? Is, is it... Clean hit. But... Clean hit. Okay. Yeah, that's... <laughs> It sucks, right? Yeah, it's part of the sport. Yeah. Okay, so you may ask, why is he asking how this happened? Because if it wasn't a legal clean hit, probably he still has to have forgiveness in his heart. Does that make sense? And, and so, I, so, I know, <laughs> so I know this already. So that's why I'm, I'm directing the questions that way. So I want to find out what's your condition. So this is all during interview. All right, so take, take notes. Uh, and somebody then pass it on to Levi because he's going to be here the whole thing. Um, so you want to find out what's the source of this thing. No, first off, you want to find out the name. Right? Find out the name. Make sure that there's a, you're creating a safe environment where they feel cared for, they feel loved. Then you want to find out what's the condition, what's the source of the condition, what happened there. Is that cool? All right, so you're interviewing that person. All right, so that, yeah, cat. That's a good question. She said, do you wait for compassion before you pray? I would say um, step out there 
and make sure your heart is open for compassion. Because if you're going to wait, there's going to be a lot of missed opportunities. Okay, so, uh, so you want to you wanna interview, you want to discern, is this going to be on a natural level condition? Is this a supernatural condition? And, and let me say, you guys are going to some places in the world where people actually get sick supernaturally. There's like curses. You know what I'm saying? It's like people, there's, you may not see this as much in America, but I'm telling you, man, it, it happens more than you believe. People will actually curse people to get sick. So that's a supernatural cause, not a natural cause. Levi playing football, getting hit clean is a natural cause. Let's say Levi says, man, I got into this huge fight with my stepfather, and we actually ended up going, you know, we actually get actually got in a fist fight and then he said certain certain words i said certain words i've never seen him since it's been six months and ever 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 since that fight i've had this thing on my right elbow or right shoulder you know it's spiritual does that make sense okay so natural or supernatural another thing too is uh, okay so that's that's it uh, as your inner no no that's, that's that's not it sorry guys I'm trying to rush, and then I kind of forget things. All right, so step one, you're doing an interview. You need to develop this skill, right? The quicker you develop this skill, the better it is for you in ministry. As you talk to somebody, you're asking the Holy Spirit, Lord, what else? Lord, give me more. Is there anything? And they're talking, and you're being present there, but you're being present here. Does that make sense? If you develop this skill, you'll be a ninja. Right? So you're going to be like, you want to love on that guy. You want to feel like he's not just talking to a wall. Uh, you don't want to just ask stuff and be like, you want to diagnose. And that's kind of a little bit tied with number one. You kind of just transition to number two. It's di- it, it, you want to diagnose, right? So it's the, di- uh, yeah, di- how do you say this in English? Diagnosis? Yeah. Diagnosis, yeah. So that diagnosis. So you want to find out natural cause. It's a disease. It's an accident. Is it a sin that causes? Is it an emotional hurt? Is it a relationship problem that, that lacks forgiveness? You're going to ask these questions, right? So you're taking all of this in consideration as you're diagnosing. Is it supernatural, like a dem- demonic oppression? And as you gain this, you're still asking God for help. And sometimes you might even be praying in the spirit under your breath to keep things stirred in your spirit, keep catching stuff. Does that make sense? Okay. Uh, once you once you do the diagnose, you might come to conclusion that you don't have enough information. Continue to ask a little bit more questions. So it's similar to like a doctor's appointment. So continue to ask more questions. That's step number two, the diagnosis. Are you guys comfortable with step number one, step number two? Okay. We're going to jump on to step number three, which is the prayer selection. So there's two types of prayer. You're going to choose which one you will use. Is it a prayer of petition or a prayer of command? Okay. So these are the two prayers that you'll select. Lord, now I have the, I've done the interview. 
I've done, I've done the diagnosis. I'm going I'm to choose the prayer. And, of course, number four is going to be the prayer, but we're not going to get there until we get there. But number three, I'm going to select the prayer. Is it going to be a prayer of petition or a prayer of command? Now, what makes you choose what? Uh, during this time, I would also say, um, I, I would also ask, oh, one more thing, very, very important. Um, always ask permission before you touch them. All right? So just don't start laying hands without permission. Ask them, is it okay if I touch your knee and pray for you? All right. So if it's a guy praying for a guy, it's fine. If it's a guy praying for a girl, I would use a lot of wisdom. For instance, if it's somewhere around this area, don't do it. And if you do it, say, can you put your hands there? So let's say she says, I have, I have these sharp pains in my heart over here. Okay, can you put your hands there? She'll put the hands, her hand, and you can just touch her right here. Does that make sense? You want to be appropriate. Just use wisdom, guys, all right? All right. Self-awareness, remember that? <laughs> all right, cool. So it's a dude, and I'm a dude. It's his knee. You know, that's not sexual. So I'm thinking, <laughs> is it okay if I pray for your knee? I'm going to touch your knee. Is that okay? Okay. So then I want to, so, all right, so one, one, one thing too is you always take the low position. If it's like waist down, you want to kneel. Does that make sense? It's just showing, man, I'm, I'm, at, I'm to the point where I really care for you. I'm going to be humble about this thing, man. I'm going to kneel. Is that cool? Even if publicly, man, I could care less, man. I, I want to I minister to you. So you'll just kneel. You'll touch his knee. Uh, and uh, and if, if you feel that he's actually a little bit, you know, embarrassed because this is publicly, you might just say, hey, why don't you just sit here? I'll sit right next to you, and I'll just touch your knee right this. And he won't be embarrassed. Not because you're ashamed of what you're doing, but because you, wanna, you don't want him to be uncomfortable. Does that make sense? So all these things are actually just social skills, guys. Right? Okay. So I know people are not socially awkward here, so I don't even know why I'm teaching this. All right, let's go. Prayer selection, prayer selection. Remember those two kinds of prayer? Petition and command. When you have words of knowledge, let's say the Lord gave you a word of knowledge, which means he's already revealed what's happening, which means you have good information, good intel, which means, bro, just command it and just go for it. All right? If you're not sure, if it's still a little gray, I would start with petition. As you go with petition and you start sensing, man, things are picking up, shift gears into command. So how does this work? Let's say I don't have much. So I'm going to pray for his knee, Levi's knee. So I'll go like this. Lord, I want to thank, uh, thank the Lord for his person before I start talking about the condition. So Lord, thank you for Levi. Thank you that you love him. Thank you that you got an amazing plan for his life. Right now, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would come over us right now. Would you just come over my friend Levi's body right now? And then one of the things that I do is I tell them, Levi, right now, we're just going to wait on the Holy Spirit. I know it's kind of weird, but just, just wait, all right? He's coming. I've asked him to come. He's coming. Now, when he comes, you might sense a tingly, electricity, a tremor. You might sense heat. 
if you sense any of these conditions or anything that is not natural to you, you're allowed to interrupt me at any time. Please let me know. I need that information. That's very important. Okay? Sorry, guys. I'm rushing through this thing. We would take more time. But try to take notes, and then you process this with somebody. So I'll, I'll do that. And if, let's say, as I'm praying, he senses heat. Heat. Oh, is, is it hot? Very warm. Okay. That's a sign... That's awesome. That's a sign the Holy Spirit is touching his knee already. Does that make sense? And when I start getting signs, I'll shift from petition. If I'm in petition mode, I'll shift into commands. And I'll say, Lord, thank you, Father, for what you're doing in Levi's knee. Right now, I just ask right now. Oh, I, I just, I'll go to command. I'm like, more, Lord. Would you send more fire right now? I just declare healing. I speak healing into this knee. Now we got momentum coming our way. Does that make sense? Okay. So are you guys okay with the prayer selection? Petition if you don't have much. Command if you feel momentum. Oh, one more important thing. If it's supernatural oppression, always command. You're not going to ask a devil to leave or a demon to leave. You just command it. Does that make sense? Let's say, and this is, this is very common. You start seeing progress, and it just stops. Nine times out of ten, it's lack of forgiveness. You stop what you're doing and say, listen, do you feel like you have to forgive somebody? Do you hold a grudge? You're going to be very loving in how you say that, but you want to you give them time. You stop the healing process to, do, to help him go into releasing forgiveness. Oh, I don't feel like I need to release. It's got nothing to do with feeling. It's just a decision you're going to make. It's a choice you're going to make. Can you just repeat after me? And you will re- lead them into repeating that. Or you can also make, say, say to that person, uh, let's say Levi, let's say Levi, it was not a clean shot or a clean hit, right? And uh, the other guy is called Bruce, right? And so you're saying that you're upset at Bruce. So what happened, Levi? Uh, Bruce clipped me. wasn't very nice. All right. Well, I, I feel like you still need to release forgiveness, and the Lord's going to completely heal you. Is that okay if I help you with that? Yes. All right. So I just want you to close your eyes right now, and um, imagine me as being Bruce. Can you just release forgiveness? Bruce, I forgive you for clipping me. All right. That's good. All right. So, so... You, you can also add to that forgiveness saying, Bruce, can, and then you can actually lead him into, into a prayer. Say, can you repeat after me? I'll say, Levi, can you repeat after me? Yes. Say with me, Bruce. Bruce. I know what you did was wrong. I know what you did was wrong. That hurt me a lot. It hurt me a lot. But I understand. But I understand. That as a Christian. That as a Christian. I'm commanded to forgive. I'm commanded to forgive. So right now. So right now. I just say. I just say, you are forgiven. You are forgiven. I release forgiveness. I release forgiveness. And I ask the Lord to bless you. And I ask the Lord to bless you. And everything that you took from me. And everything that you took from me. I take it back. I take it back. And everything that I took from you. And everything that I took from you. I release it back to you. I release it back to you. So right now. So right now. You are forgiven. You are forgiven. And you are blessed. And you are blessed. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. That, that's simple. All right. So that's kind of how you lead somebody to release forgiveness. Any questions on that? Yes. 
That's fine. You can still do that. You can, I would say, I would say um, if they're not a Christian, you would actually set the stage and say, listen, any, anything, uh, you know, psych, you, you can actually go into psychology and say, psychology says that if you have lack of forgiveness, if you have bitterness in your heart, it starts affecting not only your, your emotions, even your physical bodies. There are studies that, that prove that. And man, I hate to see you in this condition. Why don't we just hit this thing, man? It, it, I mean, God is here to do a complete work in your life. I mean, what's going to cost you? Just repeat this prayer after me. Okay? All right. A petition. What is a petition? When you ask. When you're asking. God, please heal him. God, I pray right now, would you come and, and touch him? Command. I command you to be healed in Jesus' name. If they're not ready to release forgiveness, I would explain to them the need. I would, I would not be like uh, annoying, but I would insist a little bit. I'll say, man, this is for your own good. It's not only for your physical condition, it's for the quality of your life. If you carry unforgiveness, it's going to affect the quality of your life. I'd hate to see you live under what's the best version of you. Do you want to do that? You know, so I would, I would talk to them about that. Now, if they are... Adamant is saying, no, I do not want to release forgiveness. I'm like, it's okay. So I would just do a prayer of blessing, close that up, and say, eventually you're going to have to leave with that. Uh, you have to deal with this, but I respect your time. But let me just pray a blessing over you, and then I would go back into the five-step healing and then finish that off. They may not receive full healing, but they'll receive partial healing. Does that make sense? Okay. You? Come into salvation prayer first before I would uh, cast it out. If they do not get saved, I do not cast it out. I just bind it. Okay? Because I don't want to cast it out if they're not saved and their situation gets seven times worse. So I'll just bind it so that they don't get oppressed by that. And then I'll, I'll, I'll tell them, you need to get, you, Jesus can actually take care of this. It, let's say, You've given, you've given the salvation message, and, and, and they understand, but they're like, man, I'm not ready to do that. I'm like, well, but you don't want to be uh, going through this again, this oppression. So let me just bind that in the name of Jesus and understand it's going to stop. But the only reason why it's stopping is because of the power of the name of Jesus. Now, if you want this full power inside your life to transform you, all you need to do, and just give it to them, all you need to do, and give them the steps for salvation and release them. But I'll totally try to get them saved. Thing asked. Well, casting out is expelling. So you get the demon out of the person. Binding, he still has spiritual legal grounds to be there, but he'll be bound by the name of Jesus. He will not cause affliction on the person, but he's there. And you don't want to cast it out unless it's going to be occupied. You remember Luke 11? Awesome. All right. So we've done step one interview. Step two, diagnosis. Step three, prayer selection. Step four, ministry. You're going to use this. And I kind of went in a little bit with my example here with Levi. And so during ministry, if I see that there's a stoppage of the progress, I'll go and kind of probe around this lack of forgiveness thing. If, there, if we're clean, we'll go back and, and, and still keep going into, the, uh, into ministry. So when we start doing ministry, we'll start... I'd say most of the times I start with petition. 
as I start seeing things pick up and we're waiting on the Holy Spirit, the person, always, always, always pray with your eyes open, right? You'll start sensing. One of the signs you want to see is their eyelashes. It'll start fluttering. They'll start trembling. Sweat beads. All these signs get red, shaken. They'll start, it's hot. These are signs the Holy Spirit is touching. Then all you got to do is keep, switch to command and just kind of keep cheering the Holy Spirit on. Does that make sense? When you start sensing it's coming down, you start praying a prayer blessing to close it up. It's kind of like you're getting stitched back up. And then you go to step number five. Step number five, you remove your hands. You talk to them to indicate that you're stopping your prayer. Oh, also, one more thing. When do you stop? When they, when they think it's over is when, is, is, is when you stop. When the Spirit tells you it's over is, is when you stop. Or when you've run out of things to, prayer, to pray. Or when it's going nowhere. So if they say, listen, man, I don't want this. Respect that. Stop praying. Does that make sense? When you sense the Holy Spirit saying, this is it. Stop praying. When you don't have anything else to pray, you prayed everything you could. It's time to stop. When they're completely healed, it's like, man, I'm totally healed. You don't, need to, you don't need to pray anymore. Good? Okay. After that, we go to step number five. Now we're going to do the checkup. So we're going to be like, all right, Levi, uh, can you try to do a movement that you couldn't do before? How's that? Do you have pain? Nope. Feels great. Awesome. Praise Jesus. And then you want to say, the Lord Jesus healed you. Uh, I'm just a channel of his love and his power. Can we pray and thank Jesus together? Yes. Good? Then you're going to lead him into a prayer of thank, uh, thanksgiving to God and praise to, giving all praise to Jesus. Does that make sense? And you can actually, a lot of these people aren't going to be Christians, or maybe they, they will. But if they're not, uh, I would actually advise, if you're, talk, if you're dealing with a non-Christian, always go repeat after me. Then you'll be like, thank you, Levi. Can, can we give Levi a big hand? So I would say, now that you're healed, let's pray and thank the Lord together. So I would lead them into a prayer of thanksgiving and giving God praise. And I want to walk out of the situation knowing that I'm not getting any praise. Okay? So I want to make sure that he knows Jesus healed you. I'm just a channel. And actually, man, just like I did to you, you can do to other people. And so as I'm leading him into a prayer, I'll lead him in prayer in something like this. Uh, thank you, Jesus, for healing me. Uh, he's repeating, right? So thank you, Jesus, for healing me. Uh, thank you for your love. And, um, and then I said, we give you all honor and praise. We know this is from you. Make, acknowledging, acknowledging that it's God. I don't want him to walk out thinking, man, that guy is amazing. He holds the, you know, you know, I want him to know that I'm just reflection of Jesus. Does that make sense? Another thing, too, very important during this checkup, before he walks out, if he's recently saved, actually, if he's not saved, amazing time for you to give the salvation message. He just got healed. He's wide open. Lead him to Christ. Right? You guys know how to do that. So lead him to Christ. After he's been led to Christ, 
A follow-up, very important. You got to direct him to a church. Good? So let's say you're in Thailand, in Bangkok, doing outreach. You know, before you start going out there, ask your leaders, your staff, if we, if we see salvations, healings, deliverances, what church do we direct these guys to? Do I have the information on my cell phone? Can I have it in a piece of paper to give it to them? Does that make sense? Can I get, or, 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 or if, are you okay if I get your information? And then you get his information. Then Sunday with the churches that you're partnering, give it to the pastor, to a leader. Hey, can you follow up with this guy? We just got this guy healed, saved, delivered on the train station. Can you follow up with this guy? We don't want to see these souls lost or just drift away. Does that make sense? Okay, so uh, follow-up is check your body. Follow-up, step five is check your body, give God praise and honor and thanksgiving, and then either lead him to salvation if he's not saved, and after he, he is, or after he's saved, or if he's saved, lead him to a church if he doesn't have a church. All right, any questions on the five-step model? You. No, okay, so this is what I do. I, when I do petition, I, I start asking the Holy Spirit to come. And I don't have a problem just being, it, it could be a little awkward, but I'm over that, actually, personally. It's like, I'll just wait. Like, hey, we're going to be praying here. Uh, I've asked the Holy Spirit to come. Can, do you mind just waiting a few seconds? He's going to come. And when he comes, he'll send, you'll send something in your body. It's a sign he came. And then we can keep going when he comes. And just wait. And, and it sounds weird what I'm saying. But if you try it out, he'll come. And when he comes, then I'll shift into a, a command because I'm commanding according to his will. It's his will that they be saved, and it's his will that they be healed. So I just, I just command according to, to, to the will. Now, if I have information, good intel, from step one, I know his issue is his ACL. So I'll be like, right now, I just the more specific you can be during your command, the better. So right now, I just call restoration in your ACL. Right now. I know it's torn, but right now I just call healing, supernatural healing. Right now, I just command it to be healed. Right now, all the inflammation, be gone. Right now, in Jesus' name. You know, and so you start being very uh, uh, specific in your, in your uh, prayer command, and you'll start seeing results of that. And always just checking, right, what are you feeling? Try to try that, this out. Let's keep praying. Does that make sense? Okay, cool. You... So, so they're, they feel, they're feeling awkward. Yeah. It depends a lot on, your, on the setting. If you're in a public place, like I've prayed, I've actually um, had a word of knowledge for somebody, very specific, uh, in a subway. And when I went to pray, I mean, the guy knew that that was something from God, but he still had a lot of this, like, fear of man, like you said. So I want to be sensitive to that, and I'm like, why don't we just sit at that bench? And people are not going to notice I'm praying for you, but I'm going to pray for you. Not because I'm ashamed of the gospel. It's, I want to honor your baby steps. You understand? So I want to be sensitive to maybe this is something new for you. And so I don't, I, I don't want to be giving you a lecture. Hey, man, you shouldn't be ashamed. You're going to be healed. So I'll, I'll just kind of meet him halfway there. My heart's full on for doing whatever God wants me to do. I'm under the fear of God, not fear of man. But I may not have control. I don't have control over his heart. But that can't stop me from ministering what God gave me to him. So I, I go back to what we said uh, in, um, I don't know, what, whatever class that I taught here. We're not the Messiah. We're just the channel. 
So I'd say you have one person in front of you. Focus on that person. Know your surroundings. There's people that need prayer. I would be super objective, and I don't want to waste time. But also, I don't want them to feel rushed, and I don't, feel, I don't want them to feel not cared for. So it's, it's uh, common sense. Uh, uh, I would say it's, it's more of a common sense. But I would say, in your heart, no. I'm going to do my best. I'll pray for as many people as I can. People that I can't pray for, the Lord's got it. He's the Messiah. And I do my best with what I have. Okay. Anybody else? They're not healed? At the time when we, we thank God. Is that your question? Okay. So she asked, uh, I said, not everybody's going to be healed, but everybody's going to be loved. Um, so during the time that you're going to thank God, last prayer, uh, I would say, and, and usually there's progress. It might not be a full progress or a full healing, but I would say, I always say, Lord, thank you because the word of God says, he who began a good work in you shall be faithful to complete it. You began something here. We know that in your timing, you will complete it. We know that this is a healing that started and there is a process that was put in place in motion that you will be faithful to take it through. So, and a lot of time, guys, a lot of time, uh, they won't experience full healing right there on the spot. A lot of time, it'll be a, a, a process of healing. So it'll be a, um, throughout the, the next day, the next 24 hours, uh, the next week, and just thank the Lord for that. And so I would say answering your question would be thanking the Lord in advance. Okay, cool. Anybody else? Let me see where our time. All right. Well, I got it done. But we didn't put it in practice. Okay. You want to put it in practice? Or, because time's up. I mean, whatever you guys. Let me just do one quick exercise. Okay. Stand up. Uh, and uh, guys, real quick, I need you to move quick. And I need you to be super objective here. Uh, we're going to do... Um, we're going to break up in groups of four so you can grab your, grab your stuff because after this, uh, I think we're going to be done. But I